0: seated. Just take a moment and pray. Father, thank you uh, again that we get to be in your presence, Lord. Father, as we're spending this time right now, Lord, wash away our worries. Wash away our burdens and cleanse us with your presence, Lord. We want to be made different. We want to be shaped anew, Lord, as a result of being in your presence, so we ask you continue to change us in this moment as we worship you in your word, and we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Again, it's really great to preach to real people (laughs) and uh, to have you here, and I'm just uh, so excited to slowly begin to open the church and begin to move forward, and even having tonight, which is new for us, um, a time of gathering. Mark's, uh, Matthew's gospel is this continuum right now in chapter 10. And Jesus is really teaching his disciples about the mission of the church and what what's going to happen next, what, what to prepare for. And there's much more that Jesus wants them to understand in being his disciple. There's, there's more that he wants to unfold for them. Jesus has been preparing his disciples for what's next. And this is part of that what's next moment of of what's to come as his disciple. What's the mission going to look like for them as disciples of Christ? And he begins to teach them that they would understand or have this greater understanding. He begins to teach them that there'll be this opposition, there'll be this trouble, there'll be these difficulties, but I'm with you, don't fear. Just as he told us last week, don't fear, I'm with you. And what Jesus is saying is now that you have a moment, right now, you have this moment to make a decision. Are you going to just believe in me or truly follow me as my disciple? What, what is it going to be? See, I think many will say they believe, but not many actually follow and become a disciple. And Jesus is preparing his disciples for the mission that will be in front of them. And he begins by what he said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 37. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. See, one of the highest duties in all of Judaism was to love your family, especially your parents, especially understanding that. Every faithful Jew would understand that only God himself would demand us to a higher call, a higher love. Only God himself would ask that because, because every Jew would understand the call to family or the call especially to their parents. And Jesus calls us to a higher love in a relationship with him. And that's what he's doing with his disciples. He's calling them to this higher love and to love the Lord first We have to be willing to put all other relationships on the line and to understand this is a higher and a greater love. That I'm willing to put all other relationships on the line in this moment as a result of who he is, if I'm going to be his disciple. Not I'm just going to believe, but I'm going to be his disciple. I'm going to follow after him. For some of us, we say, oh great, I get to put some relationships on the line. I couldn't wait. For others... It's oh I'm not sure how I'm gonna be able to do that, and I don't understand how to move forward. See, by loving the Lord first, it aligns all other relationships, and that's what he's telling them. That if you get this right, the rest will follow in relationships. That that you can't have a marriage and a covenant if you're not loving God first, because you're going to try to love at the best of your ability and fail. But if you are loving him first, it'll teach you how to love in a marriage. If you're raising children and you're trying to love those children and you're putting them first and not God first, he's saying, you got to learn about that love with me first, and then I'll teach you how to love them. And when that love gets out of line, we become off tilt. We become separated from that understanding of the call he has upon our lives. And he's telling his disciples to be prepared for this higher love. And by loving the Lord first, it will align all these other things. In Matthew 10, 38, it says, And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. And the first thing we will have to do as a disciple of Christ is take up our cross by denying ourselves. That's that first moment. When when we make a decision that we're going to now follow after Christ and become his disciple, every one of us has to take a moment and we have to deny ourselves, that there's this shift or this turn that begins in our life. And he begins to use this, this understanding of the cross to them before he even went to the cross. But the crucifixion wasn't a new thing. It was something that they were aware of. And, and, he, and he makes this statement to them. And we have to realize that the first thing that we would have to do is to deny ourselves. And to deny ourselves means this it's to turn away from our idol worship of oneself. What it means is that I can't be selfish anymore, that I can't put me first anymore. That there's something greater now and, and that I have to deny myself of, of, of putting myself first. But I have to trust in him first, just as I would love him first above all things. That I can't uh, do this if I'm putting myself first. See, if we don't deny ourselves, we're in denial that we need a Savior. That if I can't, then there's no re- I don't need a Lord in my life if I am running my own life. The problem from all of us is we've run our own lives and we've run them into the ground. And that we've come to a place where we realize that we need someone to save us from ourselves. And that would be him. That would be Jesus. And and he says that there's this denying of ourselves that's going to take place. And the mark of a true disciple is a willingness to take up your cross. That's the mark. That's the difference of saying I believe and I'm a disciple. And there, there are those that we know around us that we've encountered, and you, you see in them they were a person who was willing to take up a cross and follow Christ. And the way they would do that was by this denying of ourselves. When we think of the cross, we've got to think of three things. First, the cross is a place of sacrifice. Jesus' life for our sins. Second, it's a place of atonement. Jesus' work on the cross, our freedom from the penalty and power of sin. Third, a place of redemption. Jesus' glory and our forgiveness and restored in a relationship with God. So when we think about taking up that cross, what that cross means, a place of atonement, that we come to sacrifice atonement and redemption, that, that what that means for what he's done for us, and that we meet him there in that moment, that we're willing to take that up. And he's telling his disciples, this is what is the next thing that you're going to have to understand. But by loving him first, the rest will come together and that you'll understand that. And if we understand the cross, then we understand why we must deny ourselves. Why he's calling his disciples and he calls us to take up that cross and what that looks like. Jesus gives his disciples a directive. It's not a suggestion. It's not a, well, if you feel like it, you can do it. What he's saying is that this is what it's going to take to to understand, to follow after me. You're, You're going to have to take up that cross and understand what the cross means and understand that there's this denial of oneself that's going to take place so that we can do that. And to follow him means that we're willing to obey him. So I'm willing to deny myself. And I can remember in that moment, when I've tried to do everything, and see, when I say myself, that's my power, my strength, my will, my finance, finances, mine, 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 mine. And there was a point in my life where my, my, mind didn't work anymore. And I was searching for something more. And that more was who he was. And there was a willingness to say that I don't have to have control of all these things, but I can let go of that control and trust that he can. And then if I'm going to do that, that I'm going to follow him, that I'm going to obey him. And I think we look at the word obey, and we look at that as a a word that we really, really wrestle with. Why? Because the call to obey means that there's a surrendering. To obey him simply is to follow the command of one who's in authority over you. That's, that's If you have a job and in your job there's a boss above you where you work and they tell you to do something, you have to obey what they asked you to do. You could not obey and disobey, which is rebellion. You could say, no, I'm not going to do it. And most likely you could be out of a job because they have the authority over you. Well, Christ having that authority that we, we're surrendering ourselves and that, that we're willing to allow him to begin to lead the life that he's called us to have. In John 14, 15, it says, if you love me, what? You'll keep my commandments. And what he's saying is, if you love me, you'll obey me. You'll follow after these things, that you'll understand that. Now, I want you to understand something. That word obey, the Hebrew word for obey is actually shema. And we translate that word in English to hear. But it means so much more. The Shema in regarding uh, to the Jews was the most important prayer in Judaism. It was the most important prayer that they would pray twice, once in the morning, once at night. They would write down um, uh, the, the, the summary of the law and they would wear it on their foreheads in a phylactery uh, to remind them of those, those prayers, of how important this was. And, and, and in this, this, this word to obey that they would understand. And we translate that word into here, but it really has a greater meaning. The Shema has a greater meaning of what it means to obey. It reminds them that there's this key principle of their faith that there is only one God and him will I serve, that there's only one. And if you remember in Mark's Gospel, the Pharisees asked Jesus, which is the greatest of these commandments? The Pharisees say, which one's the greatest? Now, this should sound familiar because we read it every time we gather for worship on the weekend. When we come together, the deacon gets up and he reads the Summary of the Lord. He reads the Shema. And that is a reminder to us that, that what Jesus responded to the Pharisees were these two things, and it's in Mark 12, 29 through 31. And it says this, Jesus answers the Pharisees. When they ask him, what's the greatest in these commandments? He answers. He says, the first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbors yourself. There's no other commandments greater than these. And Jesus brings both of those together, that they would have this greater understanding of loving God, of turning from myself, of, of obeying and turning to that relationship with who he is, but also that I would love others uh, as a result of that. And this, this Shema actually has that greater meaning than just to hear, but it has a meaning that we should grab hold of. It actually means when they would say the Shema, it meant to hear, listen, and obey. It meant all three things would take place, not just the one. And we can relate that to when you speak to someone or you're talking to your children or a spouse or a loved one or a friend, and you say something out loud, and they say they heard you, but they didn't listen, or they didn't follow through with the thing that they said they heard. But it's to be all three. And that's what Jesus is saying when he says that you're willing to take up your cross and follow after him. That that I'm going to come to his place, turn from my old life, begin to walk after him, trust him and that love. That I'm going to love him completely. Heart, soul, mind and strength. And I'm going to love those around me that same way. Not separately, but they come together. Him first and those around me. And that, that love, out of that love, will be a reflection of me as a disciple. And when we are reminded of that law, when we come together, we have to say when we come to worship, am I ready to hear, listen, and obey the things that God is asking me to do? And that's what he's saying when he says, take up the cross. Are you willing to hear, listen, and obey? It goes on to mean also that will we serve him? That there, we have to deny in turn that we have to listen when we when, when He's calling and the things that He's calling us to do to obey Him and then to serve Him. And that's, that's literally to be the hands and feet to Christ, what He's calling us to do. In Mark 10, 45, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give His life for a ransom for many. See, the very purpose of a disciple is to bring Christ to all those that they encounter by serving Him. And that, that's going to be the purpose of the disciples and that's why it was so important to put Him first above all things. Well, we love our family and we serve our family and those around us, but I'm, I'm putting Him first. And I'm willing to begin to carry that cross as a disciple. I'm willing to step out in my life as he's calling me to step out. And, and I, I, we have to be reminded of what that cross means, that we're willing to serve him and serve others around us, those that we encounter each and every day, those that we come across that we are, have the privilege and honor to serve just as he first served us. Romans 12.1, which is a scripture that we're familiar with, says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, Holy and acceptable to God, this is your reasonable service. That every one of us have a mark in our lives to serve. But we have to make a decision whether we're willing to do it or not. And when I first said that we have to be not just believers, but we have to be his disciples. And that next step of discipleship is saying, yes, Lord, I'm willing to do the very thing that you're calling me to do. See, it's when we deny ourselves and follow Jesus, we become that living sacrifice. We become the very thing that He's called us to be as His disciples. And this is what He was preparing His disciples for. This is what He was saying, the what's next. This is going to be part of that mission that's ahead of you. And that you'll have to realize that when when you have to deny yourself, I'm going to give you grace in the midst of that, that you're not alone. When you have to work on obeying the things I ask you to do, and that comes out of love. Because if we know his love first, then we have to follow from that love. We want to serve and, and obey the things that he's calling us to do. That It's out of joy of knowing that truth that we are his disciples and we follow after him. That we become these living sacrifices here on earth with a purpose and a plan that God wants to fulfill right now in our lives. Jesus goes on to teach his disciples in Matthew 10, 39. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Which is an opposite of what we would say in our culture right now. That how would I find myself if i willing to lose, lose it? I don't understand what that means. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. That what does that mean? And Losing ourselves to this earthly life is where we find true life with God's purpose, joy, and reward. And that's what he wants his disciples to know, that there's a purpose, there's a joy, and there's a reward. And what we do know is that's an eternal reward that he prepares for us. But for right now, maybe we're experiencing more for the first time of what it's like to take up our cross and follow him. That's been hard, and it's been difficult. But never think for a moment that somehow the Lord has turned his back and has forgotten you, because that's not true, that he's with us, and that he's going to carry that burden along with us, but, but that we understand that. And then I'm willing, Lord, to surrender in that moment. Why? Because I've encountered your love, and that love leads me to a place to obey so that I can serve, so that I can be that living sacrifice that you've called me to be, and that there's a greater reward as a result. Of, of, of fulfilling that purpose, of, of encountering that joy, of finding that very reward that he has for us on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you wouldn't call us to a place to do something that we couldn't do, Lord. But you bring us to a place, Lord, to follow after you And we want to be able to do that, Lord, with all that we are, with nothing that would keep us or from, Lord, missing that call on our lives. So help us, Lord. Help us lose our lives to find it, to follow after you. Now, if you haven't made that decision to be one who will surrender your life or follow after Christ, He makes an invitation for each of us, and you've got to decide. For yourself, will I take that first step? Will I deny myself? And what that is, is saying, Lord, I'm willing to surrender. I've tried to do it in my own strength, and I can't. Well, he makes an invitation, and we have to respond to it. It's by grace through faith that he has an eternal reward waiting for us. But we have to take it. We have to say, Lord, I surrender, and I want you into my life that way. So if you've never asked him into your life that way, I want you to pray a prayer with me. Just repeat this after me. If you want to know him in that way, begin to follow him and be that disciple he's calling you to be. Pray with me. Just say this. Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I open the door of my heart. And I ask you to come in. Take control of my life. And make me the person that you want me to be. In Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that and you're here right now, I want you to see me or see one of the other clergy and let us know that you prayed and you asked the Lord in your life that way because we want to help you on that journey. If you're watching on our live stream right now and there's a button that comes up and says that I've just prayed that, we want to help you on that journey. So let us know so that we can begin to pray alongside of you and as Christ shapes you and forms you into that disciple he's called you to be. Amen.